Welcome to the premiere episode of the Return of the Empire podcast. I am Jay Mars, joined by every week 49ers beat writer for Sacktown Sports, our very own black belt. We like to call him Emil Fergoso. <laughs> Emil, what's going on, man? What's going on, Jay? How you doing? You know, I have been eagerly anticipating the start of week one since that NFC Championship game. Oh, yeah. Like, we all knew going into this season there was going to be so much talk about what are the 49ers going to do. You know, you had the Jimmy Garoppolo going away press conference that, you know, well, Jimmy didn't really go away. No, We're going to dive into that a little bit later on in the show. But yeah, man, I've just been waiting and itching for week one to start. It is finally football season. I'm sure you are kind of feeling the same way. Oh my gosh, I've been ready for it since training camp started over a month ago. I mean, the, the team is excited, the buzz around the city is excited, the fans are out and loud and about in the Bay Area especially. It is Niners season, Niners country out here. Let's get right into training camp because I know you've been down there several times. You've had a chance to really watch this team up close. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, when you watch Trey Lance performing in training camp, what were things that stuck out to you? You know, his command of the offense has gotten a lot better. And, you know, that might get unnoticed by a lot of people, but the command of the offense and being able to call plays, make adjustments to the line, that's really something that Shanahan's looking for this year, Kyle Shanahan. He's looking for his quarterback of the future to be the quarterback of the future right now. You know, they, they took a big step making him the guy at 22 years old, and he's showing so far that he at least has an understanding of the offense, can command the offense to do that stuff. Now, when it comes down to plays and stuff like that, that's another story. He still has to get a little better in certain mm-hmm. areas, th- certain throws. He's learning, and, then, and preseason doesn't really help. Obviously, backup Centers, backup linemen doesn't really help with that. But he's been up and down, yes, but that's kind of what you get with a young quarterback. Sure. So so it's a lot of fun to see. And I think the up and down thing is something that 49ers fans are going to have to get used to. I think there's a lot of people that have it, it, it they have it put in their head it's going to go one of two ways, right? Yeah. Trey's going to go out there and just suck. Yeah. Like he's not going to be good. He's going to be throwing picks, although if you look at his college stats, and that's always hard to, you know, quantitate that at the NFL level, he never threw a pick in college. So the idea that he's just going to come out there and be this pick machine, you know, I don't think it's going to be a matter of he's going to suck that bad. But I also think there's the other end of the spectrum where people remember that first year of Patrick Mahomes where he was a starter in Casey and was just lights out. And I think there's a lot of people that, sure, do we want that to be his ceiling? Of course. Listen, if you drafted Trey Lance and his ceiling is Patrick Mahomes and he reaches it, like, you, you hit a home run. Yeah. You know? But I don't think those are realistic expectations for him this year. And it's going to have to be a lot of, I think you're going to see him have some really good games. Mm-hmm. You're going to see him have some, you know, mediocre games. You're going to see him make rookie mistakes. And I think the fan base really needs to get this in their head. This is going to be a progression for Trey Lance throughout the year. Yeah, it's going to be progression. Speak back to your point. He did actually throw one pick in college, um, either one or two, in the Northwestern game during the COVID oh, season. you're right. There, there was, I didn't count yeah. that. <laughs> no, no one really does. That's why no one holds it against Trey. No one really counted that one, so no one really brings it up. But he did throw at least a pick. But during the one season, he had over 40 touchdowns and no yeah. picks, running in the ball as well as passing. He was electrifying. The Niners want to see that. The fans want to see that right away. It's going to take some time. It just it happens. This is the NFL, and that's the reason. They're mm-hmm. elite players at every single position, especially on the defense, especially in the NFC West. It's going to be hard for him, and he's going to have to learn on, on the fly, and so that's what's, what's happening. Yeah, you're in a tough division, and I want to go back to what you say about Trey having a grasp on the offense. You kind of, uh, Steve Young put an exclamation point kind of on that same thought process, and he said he's noticed with Trey, too, 
is it's not the play calling, it's not seeing the field. Those aren't the issues. It's when you're a young quarterback and you got the legs that Trey Lance has, you know, and that's going to be a big advantage to him mm-hmm. throughout the year where I felt like that was really an area Jimmy Garoppolo struggled with was when he got pressure, Jimmy kind of folded. Yeah. He he really struggled to get the ball thrown away. You know, he wasn't going to uh, pressure wasn't going to come and he was going to break on a run. He got sacked a lot when pressure got. Yep. And we saw it, you know, we saw a few instances last year with Trey where when pressure came, he was able to get out of the pocket and, you know, get positive yards. But what Steve Young was saying is that's almost like a crutch for a young quarterback that can run. And that might be a little too much in his head right now that when he sees that pocket collapse, that that's what he's going to be doing. Yeah, it's, you know, a bit of give and take with Trey. You know, he's made those plays in practice as well during the preseason where, you know, he gets pressured on the side up the middle. You're going against Nick Bosa, you know, Sammy Mbumbuke every every single <laughs> yeah. day. You're going against these elite defensive players on the mm-hmm. Niners. It's going to be hard to get to, to not have to, you know, scramble and run. But it's just about deciphering when's the right time to do that, when's the right time to, to roll it to your right, throw, throw a good pass, or when's the right time to just take it take it and bolt. Right. As, as well, he slid for the first time during preseason <laughs> this year. He never slid before in his entire career, and he slid. That's a huge step for Trey Lance to just know how to slide correctly. Right. It's huge. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be the Trey Lance. That's what I think that will be the dominant conversation all year long is Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Trey Lance. People are going to be watching him like a hawk. And you're going to see, you know, a lot of hot takes coming out after every game, depending on how he plays. But I want to move over into breakout players this season for the 49ers. Because while all eyes are on Trey Lance, there's two guys, one on each side of the ball, that I want to get your thoughts on. And I want to start on the defensive side first. Javon Kinlaw. Yeah. Javon Kinlaw is the guy, obviously, that was used in the draft pick that came over in the DeForest Buckner trade. And I feel like since then, you know, two seasons... The 49ers have not been able to replicate what DeForest Buckner gave them. Yeah. But there are expectations that this is finally the year for Javon Kinlaw. I mean, this absolutely is the year for Javon Kinlaw. I mean, you got to remember last year he suffered a massive injury. I forget exactly what it was, but it was a massive, massive injury um, to his lower body. He's back. He's fully healthy now. He looks like an absolute monster out there. Not only just on the play on the field, but just his physique. He's changed his entire physique. He just looks like a freaking wrecking ball out there. Yeah, he slimmed down, man, and he cut up. And you got to wonder if injuries don't affect him because really, if you look at Javon Kinlaw's career, you know, it's two seasons, but it's two injury-plague seasons. It was a rookie year, you're learning, and then last year, as you alluded to, there was that massive injury. If they can get Javon Kinlaw, and I'm not saying replicate DeForest Buckner's production because right. DeForest Buckner is an all-pro. Yeah. But if he can come, I don't even like to use the word close to it, but just be productive Yeah, right there. I feel like that's going to give this defense such a huge boost that it needs. Well, it's about surrounding Kinlaw mm-hmm. with the right pieces. I mean, they moved Eric Armstead into onto the inside instead of being an edge rusher. He's now a right. defensive tackle. So Which, he, to me, yeah. is his defensive tackle is his best spot. I think they really highlighted that last yeah. year. I always thought he was good on the edge, but when they moved him into the interior, I think that is where Armstead is best fit. He's more of a run stuffer, honestly. Mm-hmm. He's much better on the inside than the outside. You know, he's quick, but I think he's much stronger than people give him credit for, and being on the inside helps him with that. So having him paired with Kinlaw, and then as well with Boson on the edge, and then Bukame on the edge, Drake Jackson on the edge, there's a lot of speed and a lot of talent just to surround Kinlaw. Yeah, and so let's then move over to the offensive side of the ball. Me and you, off-air, have had these conversations a couple times. Mm-hmm. Is this the year that we finally see... The you know we saw signs in his rookie year a lot of what Brandon Ayuk can do, mm-hmm. 
And then last year, obviously, he was in the quote-unquote doghouse earlier in the season. <laughs> but, you know, towards the end of the season, really started to flash some of that potential again that we saw. Is this the year that he finally moves into a every-down scenario, you know, where he is out there and he is a massive part of this offense? Frankly, in my opinion, he's the best receiver on this offense. I, That's the, the, a hell of a statement with George Kittle and Debo Samuel. I know. He, best receiver, not not best pass catcher. You know, you got, you, no, I got No, I hear you. Um, but they're going to use Debo as a wide back. They're going to continue to use him as a wide back. That's part That's part mm-hmm. of it. They're going to continue to run the ball a lot. They're going to run the ball 20 to 25, 30 times possibly in a game. And when it comes to Ayuk, it's about hitting the big play, hitting the PA uh, bootleg to the right. During training camp, Brandon Ayuk was the best player in training camp out of the entire team. There was no one even close. He lost maybe one or two routes on, on 1v1s the entire time. He was unbelievable the entire time. And it just shows the repertory he has with Trey Lance over the offseason. Yeah, and I think that's going to be important, and here's why. I, I don't think Ayuk and Jimmy Garoppolo ever got in sync, mainly because Ayuk's you know, rookie year, Garoppolo was hurt all year, and Ayuk was sitting there dealing with the uh, Nick Mullen, C.J. Beathard. Excuse me. Love C.J. Beathard. <laughs> yeah, love is a, I love him as a human being. Yeah. Really cool guy. Yes. Was not in love with him as a quarterback. No. Neither was I with Nick Mullen. No. But so you had that year kind of a wash. And then last year, again, spending the first part in the doghouse, uh, the 49ers really struggling, especially in the passing game coming out of the gate last year. And I think one of the big things with Ayuk is there's big playability there. And let's just face it. Jimmy Garoppolo was not a guy that was going to get the ball downfield for a big play receiver. I think the 49ers were 26th last year in uh, passes over 20 yards. You know, everyone likes to point out the statistics of Jimmy Garoppolo last year, which were solid. I'm not going to argue that. But so much of what made that offense good in the passing game was the yards after catch with Debo Samuel or George Kittle when he was healthy. And I think having a guy like Trey Lance, and we saw it in that first preseason game, Trey has a gun. Yes. And Trey, when he is on, is a very accurate passer. Again, we alluded to the stats his first year in college, 40-something TDs, no INTs. That's a part of the offensive game that since Kyle Shanahan has been head coach of the 49ers, we've never seen. And with a receiver like Ayuk that has that big playability and finally having a passer with Trey Lance to get him the ball, I really do think, kind of to your point, this could be Brandon Ayuk's breakout season. Absolutely. I haven't projected that 70 receptions this year – 1,100 yards and, and eight touchdowns just overall. I think he can easily do that, possibly get more. I just think there's they're going to be so much attention on, on Kittle, so much attention on on Debo Samuel that it's it's really going to speak volumes of Brandon Ayuk's ability. And even the great Jerry Rice spoke out recently about Brandon Ayuk. He goes, he is the guy who is next up in line for this team. Because, yep. because of the attention the other two generate, he's going to have a lot of targets this year. Yeah, so again, I think those are our two. When we talk about breakout players to look for, I think it is Kinlaw on the defensive side. Yep. Ayuk on the offensive side. Of course, there's always other guys that could break out. But I think those are the two. If you're a 49ers fan this year, there was so much expectation put on both of those guys when they were drafted. And hopefully, finally, in year three, you know, we finally see them break out. This is the return of the Empire podcast. Thank you so much. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. This is available on YouTube. We will live stream these as well. So if you want to view our handsome faces, we are there. Wave hello to the cameras. (laughs) Now your camera's right there. Oh, yeah. There we go. Try that wave again. Perfect. <laughs> also, of course, you can download this on all platforms, Google Play, Apple. You can check it out, Sacktown Sports 1140, the app. Make sure you download that as well. So, week one, yep. Chicago. Chicago. This is interesting because we were looking at this on the morning show. They have played at Soldier Field quite a bit over the last yeah. six seasons. You know, they were there last year, 
and that that was a big win. They um, I feel like that win last year mm-hmm. uh, for both Garoppolo and the Niners really turned around the season. That was yeah. kind of the beginning of it. it but now we're starting out in week one. Mm-hmm. This is a Chicago team that I don't think there's a lot of expectations on them. Defensively, they were in the bottom third of the NFL last year. So let's start with the offensive standpoint first. How do you see them kind of taking advantage of that Bears defense? You know, they're going to run the ball down the throat. That's just how it's going to, it's going to be a slow grind game, especially with the weather conditions. It's going to probably rain um, on, on Sunday. So wind, wind gusts up to 17, 17 miles an hour. It's a, it's, it's a big deal, especially in mm-hmm. the Windy City. You know, hard to throw the ball. They want to get Trey acclimated in the first game. They don't want to just For sure. throw him into things. They're going to run the ball up the middle with, with Elijah Mitchell, with Jeff Wilson, with with uh, Ty Davis Price, their rookie as well. They're going to run the ball up the middle a lot. And they're going to expose this line. I mean, the real issue is who's going to start center for the Niners because right now it's uh, Jake Brendel instead of Daniel Brunskill, who's the backup. But he's also still out with a lower mm-hmm. body injury as well. A lot of soft tissue injuries affected Niners this year. So it's really going to be how good can this line be week one with a couple pieces missing as well. Uh, Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, McGlinchey's also, to yeah. me is the big piece missing in yeah, week one. He is too. I mean, he might play. He might not. There's some serious knee irritation going on with that. With And the same leg he had the, the, the repaired quad. Mm-hmm which is a very big deal. right? Um, and so we'll see what happens. We'll get some more information uh, today and into the week through uh, practice. But, yeah, they're going to run the ball off the throw and then just hitting the play action over the middle and stuff. And that's what Yeah, I would imagine with those wind gusts, and I don't think you'll see a lot of deep passes. You know, we just talked about Ayuk being that deep threat receiver. But I think another thing, when you talk about running the ball a lot, I think there's going to be a lot of, not a lot, but I think you're going to see several times where there's going to be designed runs for Trey Lance mm-hmm. to really take advantage of that because yeah. that is the staple of the Kyle Shanahan offense. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They always look to establish the run game first. And it was really interesting last year, and I thought this was a big reason why the 49ers started slow, is they would fall behind in games, and Kyle would abandon the run. Yeah. And it would basically become, we have Jimmy Garoppolo passing for three downs which, as we have seen over and over again, was a recipe for disaster. Jimmy Garoppolo was, to me, as good as the run game was. And it was to the point where, you know, later in the season when they started playing well, even if they would get down, Mm -hmm. Shanahan wouldn't abandon the run game. He would stick with the run game to get them back into it. (laughs) So I think that will kind of be what we see going forward, at least for the first four or five seasons, or games, excuse me, while Trey Lance tries to get his feet under him is regardless of the score, I think that 49er run game is going to be paramount in the offense, even if even if down. I mean, they got they have five running backs on, on the <laughs> roster. That, that that speaks volumes, and, and not six if you count Debo Samuel. Sure, they got a lot of running backs on this roster. They're gonna they're gonna run and that's with cutting Trey Sermon. Yeah, that's with <laughs> cutting Trey Sermon, and they and they just had a tryout yesterday for another running back. They're 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 bringing in more running backs. That, that's the theme of this team is the run game. They're running down people's throats. That's the point, and that's what's going to happen in Chicago. That is, it's kind of crazy to me because Trey Sermon was so hyped yeah. coming out of college, and you know a lot of people have been playing Monday Morning Quarterback. Like you know, it wasn't really Trey Sermon's ability, you know, at Ohio State. It was the Ohio State run offense was catered towards him. And my only thing to say about that is, well, the 49ers also run a. Offense that is very plug and play. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen guys from Matt Breida to Raheem Mostert yeah. break out in that offense. Elijah Mitchell, a rookie fifth round pick last year, break out in that offense. I think it speaks more to Trey Sermon, unfortunately, that he just wasn't able to catch on. Yeah. And quite frankly, I think I expected more from him. Number one, I'm not saying I was shocked. Nothing shocks me anymore in the NFL. <laughs> I was surprised he was cut, though, given just how 
deep their running back core is. You know, I, I had him on my list of fringe players to watch going, in, going into the, the cut day last week, and I had him making it just because I knew how much the Niners valued him. Even a couple of days prior, they said, no, Trey is a, is a big value to us. He's really improved this year. And then two days later, they cut him. So it just speaks to the, to the, the degree of cutthroat ability, a business ability that the NFL is. Yeah. And just, you know, the value that the Niners have at running back. I mean, they got that undrafted rookie, Jordan Mason, who has been, frankly, the better back than, than Sherman. All oh, he's season. been running over people. <laughs> he, he's been the LeGarrette Blunt that they've been missing. Right. Honestly. He's been that downhill that bruiser. They need to get two, three yards at the goal line. He is that guy. I will absolutely see him get touches this year. He He's impressed them. Yeah. No, he, he has been really good. And I, I'm... I would expect him to get some looks again with a heavy run game this Sunday. But I think all eyes, the matchup people are going to be watching is Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. Oh, God, yeah. You have the battle of two first-round picks. Justin Fields, you know, when we were going with the, who is Kyle Shannon going to take at number three? There was a lot of people, including myself, that thought Justin Fields was in play there. Mm-hmm. But they went with Trey Lance. I'm just, and Justin Fields struggled last year. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to really pinpoint how much of that is on fields versus, look, the Bears' offense was trash last year. And this team has lost Allen Robinson to the Rams. You know, they don't exactly look like an offense that's going to be explosive. But I think this is, at least from a, a standpoint of talking points, Trey Lance needs to outplay Justin Fields on Sunday. He He has no reason not to. Other than, you know, the game being in Chicago, zero reason. But if we come out of this game and the 49ers lose and Justin Fields plays outplays Trey Lance, oh my God, next week is going to be unbearable. Oh man, if we lose to the Bears, oh, that'd be, that would be terrible. If, lose if we Bears. lose to the Bears, but again, if Justin Fields outplays Trey Lance. That's also, yeah, it's just, we need <laughs> Trey Lance to play well. Let's just say that. Look, Justin Fields, I want to root for the guy. I really think he has a lot of talent. It's just the Bears organization and the, and the general manager and the front office they have has not put him in a winning culture. And frankly, he brought up Allen Robinson. That might actually mm-hmm. be addition by subtraction because he really was terrible for them last year. Yeah, he wasn't good. I mean, and I think he'll be good with the Rams just because, again, being in that system, it's kind of yeah. hard not to be if you're yeah. a talented offensive player. Mm-hmm. But when I look at Fields, you know, there are similarities, but Trey gets the ball downfield way better. I think Trey has better legs, although that's and, – and Fields is no slouch as far as, you know, if a pocket collapses, he can get out and run. But I think while that will be everybody's matchup to look for, and and rightfully so, I want to go back to what we were talking about. I I think the Bears are going to be running the ball to to Montgomery on Sunday. And I think we're just really going to see this is going to be more of a battle of the run game than it is the quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. which I, I know disappoints people. But weather conditions... You know, Justin Fields, not a rookie, but also not an established passer in the NFL yet. And I I look for Montgomery to get 30-plus carries. I don't know if Elijah Mitchell will hit 30 because, again, I think they'll spread the ball around to the different backs in that offense. But this is going to be a run-heavy game. It is. Elijah Mitchell will not get 30 (laughs) touches. If you have him on your fantasy team, he's not getting 30 touches. He's coming off a a hamstring issue that he had all preseason. He's rested the entire preseason. He's ready to go now. But, you know, they're going to spread it out. They're going to divvy it up between him, between Jeff Wilson, between other backs, and as well with Trey Lance. He's going to get some read option plays. He's going to get some design runs. It's, it's going to be a cut down the throat. One of those games, 2017 probably. Who, who knows? Yeah, 2017, and you hope the Niners are on the other, you know, the 20 side of that. Yep. So let's get into it. Give me, give me three bold predictions for this game. Bold predictions. Bold predictions. I say Trey Lance has at least 50 yards rushing. Okay, there's, that's a bold prediction. one right there. I say that Javon Kinlaw gets at least one sack. 
Um, I also say I also say that Samuel Womack, the nickelback, the rookie nickelback the Niners have, he will be a big player going up against uh, their slot receivers. Darnell Mooney possibly as well on the outside. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I think those are the three predictions you can look for. Okay. I have three bold predictions as Go well. Bold prediction number one, the 49ers win by 10 points. I like it. Okay, that's my first one. Second, at least two touchdowns will be scored by Trey Lance, whether through the air or with his legs. I like that, too. And three, I'm going to stick with Trey Lance, no interceptions. Really? Yes. I think we're going to see – I think Shanahan's going to put him in a, you know, scenario to be efficient. I I don't see Trey throwing over 25 times. Mm -hmm. I would actually predict his uh, passing will be between 15 and 20. Mm Mm-hmm. But to your point with the 50 yards thing, I do think we'll see him utilize his legs, as I said earlier. I think given that it's going to be a run-heavy game, there will be designed runs for Trey Lance. And and I think the 49ers are going to look to take advantage of that. And I think that's good going into week one because I think that's kind of Trey's comfort zone right now. So I think him being able to utilize his legs, you know, stepping back in the pocket or, you know, if you're running a bootleg and throwing 15 to 20 times, I think Kyle Shanahan is going to put him in a position to have a solid week one. So, and, you know, I get bonus prediction. I do believe Trey Lance will outplay Justin Fields on Sunday. I do, too. I do, too. And I think it just speaks to the preparation the, fo- the coaching staff has for this team. I mean, they're practicing out in 95-degree weather in Santa Clara now. It's one of the hottest days, hottest times of the year in California, and they're out there practicing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Ugh. And now they're going to Chicago to play in the rain. Yeah. They're, they're just going to try and outgrind them, outwork them. That's how it's going to go. You do got to wonder, though, how that you know affects a team that's been playing in disgustingly hot weather mm-hmm. and then going into a setting of cold and rain that you haven't played in at least for, gosh, when was the— Trying to think that was what game it was last year that had similar weather conditions. Packers. Yeah, the Packers game. It, well, those were even more extreme than this. Yeah. But again, I, I just think jumping from week to week like that, that that's the only thing I could see tripping up the 49ers is the weather conditions and not being used to it. True, but their but their play style favors these conditions. With, oh, for with for sure. Weather. So that's why I think I think it's not going to matter as much because Shanahan has won games in inclement weather and he knows how to run the ball efficiently and knows how to put his quarterback in the right position. All right, finally, because it is going into week one, and I want us to remember we're going to make some big predictions for the 49ers. Yep. I want to see how accurate we were when we do a final podcast in the season. We'll go back, we'll clip up the audio, and we'll play it. <laughs> yep. We'll see, God, did we sound like idiots or... Bro, are we the Nostradamuses of 49ers podcasters? It's <laughs> be some cringeworthy moments, probably. All right. Give me your first big prediction for the Niners this season. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. The 49ers either barely sneak in the playoffs or do not make it. Wow. Based upon? I don't think Trey Lance is fully there yet. That's just my personal opinion. Now, they, they have, they have. this is the best way to say it. The Niners are built to win now. Unfortunately, the most important player at the position, Trey Lance, is not there yet. Right. It is a few years away from it. We need to be careful with, with the expectations for this team this year. Yes, the NFC is a lot lighter this year, but they still have teams in the division like the Cardinals. They still have teams like the Rams, the defending champions, obviously. That If it's going to come down to divisional games and that's going to be the record, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really, really tough. And I, I want to root for Trey Lance, and I do root for Trey Lance. But I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains this year. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I see a lot of pundits kind of agreeing with you. I've seen a lot of this team's going to be anywhere from nine and eight all the way to there's some people that feel they can be eleven and six. And you know, I've seen a few twelve and fives. But a lot of it is it's still the Rams' division. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. The the team didn't 
you know, they didn't lose anything. They lost Von Miller, obviously, in the offseason to Buffalo. Yeah. But you gained an Allen Robinson on offense, which, again, I think he will be much better within that offense. Yep. Um, you lost um, Odell. Yep. But again. Odell was hurt. You replaced Odell, Robinson. Yeah, I, exactly. So I still think this Rams team, this is their division. But I don't think the 49ers are going to be, you know, too far outside of them just because of all the other weapons they have around them. This is still a team built. But I agree with you. I think they will be a wild card team. But I think I don't think they barely sneak in. I think they will be either the first or second wild card team. That's fair. So that that is, I, I guess, a quote unquote bold prediction. <laughs> What's your next one? My next one is that defensive player of the year goes to Nick Bosa. OK, I've seen this take, actually. Yes. Nick Bosa is prime for defense player of the year. I mean, there was a video I think this week of him doing drills with the with the defensive line coach mm-hmm. uh, Daryl Daryl Tapp, just running him over, just absolutely running him over. I mean, the guy is a freaking mauler. It you know what really helps for me with Nick Bosa, and I agree with you. I think if he doesn't win defensive player of the year, he'll be top three in voting. Yeah. When you have to go up against Trip Williams and practice every single day. You don't face anybody else in the league as good as him. Every single time you go on the field, the guy you are lining up against is worse than your practice guy. Like, like, like the team says, iron sharpens iron. Yes. And that's really what this Niner team about. The defensive line as well as the offensive line is iron sharpens iron. There's so many playmakers on there, and that's what's going to lead this team, especially on the defense. It's going to be the defensive side of the ball that gets this team the wins this year. Bold prediction. We will see a Pro Bowl. For Brandon Ayuk. Yay! <laughs> I can absolutely see this, too. B.A. is going to be incredible, not just in the passing game, but in the run game as well. There is a part of me that's super selfish with Brandon Ayuk, and here's why. And I know we're not supposed to talk about our fantasy teams, but I'm going to break the rule. I drafted him super high this year. That's smart. I made sure to steal him. I'm like, nope, I have so much confidence in this kid this year. I think we're going to finally see that Pro Bowl breakout year for Brandon Ayuk. Second bold prediction. 49ers will be back in the NFC title game this season. Wow, <laughs> what a prediction. Explain. I just think, I agree with you, Trey Lance is going to have growing pains this year. I also don't think Trey Lance is going to be worse than Jimmy Garoppolo was in his two full seasons with the 49ers. Okay. Again, and I, I want to point this out to people. I, I pointed this out to Dave and Jason on our morning show earlier today. I'll ask you this. You've probably seen this tweet, so you might know the answer. Mm-hmm. 2019, yeah. 49ers start 8-0. Yeah. What's Jimmy Garoppolo's touchdown-to-interception ratio? I forget the exact number, but it wasn't great. It was 9-7. and seven. Yeah, it wasn't great. Let me ask you this. <laughs> if the 49ers, I don't think they'll start the year 8-0. They got a rough schedule this year. They do. However, let's say they're five and three. I think that's, you know, that's not bad. Six and two. Yeah. Do you think Trey Lance will have thrown more than nine touchdowns in his first eight games or even ran for them? Total touchdowns. Yes. Yes. Do you think he'll have thrown more or less than seven interceptions? About there, I would say maybe less. Okay. Yeah. So let's say he's at say 10 total touchdowns, five picks. Sure. I think that's, you know, could be expected. Mm -hmm. This team still has all the quality pieces around him to make up for that. I feel like given the run game, given what they still have on the defensive side of the ball, and you've heard Richard Sherman and 
praising that secondary. He wants to join the team again. I know. <laughs> and, you know, they're going to get Jason Verrett back at some point, and hopefully he can stay healthy because when healthy, he was so good for them. Hopefully. Yeah, the fingers news. crossed. Yeah. You know, and obviously uh, Jimmy Ward, they need to get him back. There, there's guys they need to get back on the defensive side of the ball. But I think if Kinlaw can take that step that we talked about, you know, the secondary is short up from an injury standpoint. With the offensive weapons, with the run game, with Kyle Shanahan's play calling, and again, I do think he will try to put Jimmy, or excuse me, Trey Lance, he's not going to have him throwing the ball 40 times a game. And I think there are some people that have that in his head. I don't see him passing any more than Garoppolo did last year. I just think the passing will be different. Yes. I think this team is well-equipped to get back to the NFC title game. I, I do I do agree. They have all the tools to do it. Just mm-hmm. can they stay healthy for a full season? And that's it. And I, and I say this being that they're going to be relatively healthy because we saw in the 2020 season when that team is unhealthy, they suck. But so is every NFL team. When they're unhealthy, they're not good. Yep. But last year they stayed relatively healthy. Yeah. If they're relatively healthy, I don't see a reason why they should be back. Shouldn't be back in the NFC title game. Yeah, I agree too, especially with how weak the NFC is. It's just, you know, we talk about the injury bug. They've already been hit pretty hard by soft tissue injuries mm-hmm. at the start of the pre- preseason. And so you just, you know, worry you're one, two players away. But like every team, you're one, two players yes. away from not being. Yeah, but I mean, look at the Rams, right? Yeah. If the Rams lose Cooper Cup for an extended amount of time, Matthew Stafford for an extended amount of time, yeah. look on the other side on defense. If they lose Jalen Ramsey for an extended amount of time, that changes the, co- the whole complexion of the team and what they do well. They're a superstar built team. Yep. So, yeah. So, again, health relative. I do think this team will be back in the NFC title game. Don't know if they'll go to the Super Bowl, but I, I do believe they'll be back in the NFC. <laughs> the haunted game. Super Bowl, the haunted NFC Championship game for this yeah. game. Yeah. All right. Do you have any more big predictions for the season? For the season, I say that it is more of a split backfield than last year. Oh. Okay. So I'm guessing you still think Elijah Mitchell is one half of that split. Yes. I agree. Yes. Of the guys on the roster, is Jeff Wilson the guy that's going to, you know, Jeff Wilson, the forever 49er, I like to call him. I feel yeah. like Jeff Wilson's been here since they last won the Super Bowl in 95. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think he carries the majority of that, or do you see one of the rookies coming out semi to what Elijah Mitchell did last year? I just year? see it being more of a timeshare. I really okay. do. I just, I just see them with having this many backs on the team. Why would you have this many people on the roster, hold, you know, holding a valuable roster spots if you're not going to utilize them? They're going to throw in a lot of weird play calls, a lot of random stuff. It's going to involve Jordan Mason. It's going to involve Ty Davis-Price. It's going to involve Jeff Wilson. They might even run three running backs out there one time. Yeah, don't be shocked. Kyle Shanahan does the crazy And Trey Lance. (laughs) And Trey Lance. Who knows? He might be playing Wildcat. We don't know. But they're going to use a lot of run game. It's going to be split. Yes, Elijah Mitchell is going to be the lead back. He established himself as that last year. But I think they're going to try and ease the workload on him this year because they were really utilizing him a lot and he had a couple injuries last year that I want to be careful of. All right, that's going to do it for us. This is the very first episode of the Return of the Empire podcast. My name is Jay Mars. That's Emil Fergoso. You can catch him at Sacktown Sports. Plenty of articles. He's going to have you covered all things 49ers this season. Also make sure uh, to check out our Instagram at Sacktown Sports. Uh, Emil's going to be doing Instagram lives after every game. He'll be taking your questions, giving analysis, and all that good stuff. And then this podcast, we're going to be dropping around noon every Wednesday. You can subscribe um, on iTunes, uh, Google Play. Also, we will be uh, the Sacktown Sports app. You can check out the podcast there. And the video version, if you are watching us again, thank you so much. We are on YouTube again every Wednesday at noon. Check out Return of the Empire. I'm Jay Mars for Emil Fergoso. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one, y'all.